And welcome to Sister Sage Herbs Roadside Herb Service. My name is Mark Fundle, and this is Jane Simmons. Hello. Jane is the owner of Sister Sage Herbs, a natural remedies company located here in Seattle, Washington. We sell every day of the year at Pike Place Market and at PCC Markets here in the Seattle area. And before we begin today, um, the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. And with that, I'm so excited to continue our conversation, Jane, about um, herbs that are good for depression and anxiety, uh, seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to be talking about three herbs that we didn't cover in our first talk. Actually, calendula, calendula um, we did talk about briefly at the end of the at the end of the podcast. But the three herbs today that we're going to be discuss, discussing are um, holy basil and calendula, of course, and uh, lavender. And so I'm really excited to mm-hmm. talk to you about three uh, herbs that I know pretty well and um, and I know that you've had a lot of um, experience with over the years. And so let's start with holy basil. All right. <laughs> well, um, it is a amazing smell and beautiful plant. Uh, if you've never seen it, uh, you should try to um, in person. Um, the smell is sort of uh, licorice I guess, in some way. Um, the, I guess, the technical good smell, well, or clovey, you know. Um, Ayla calls it Christmassy. <laughs> it is Christmassy. It's kind of piney and mm-hmm. sweet. We're, we're mm-hmm. sipping on the tea as we're doing this podcast. Well, I guess it's uh, eugenol, which is a high thing in cloves. So, and that could be like the cloves around Christmas time or something. Wow. But yeah, that's one of the things that we look for when we're tasting some of the formulas, you know, it's like, what is it? No, well, it doesn't have that Christmassy taste, you know. Right. Um, so there are at least four, maybe five different kinds of, um, Tulsi. And when I started growing, um, all the herbs, I just sort of picked at random a bunch of different herbs, and the one that did the best for me was called Rama. Mm -hmm. And so when I was going to make my formula, it's holy basil, and I wanted it for moms, so it was holy Rama, holy mama. (laughs) So that's how you chose to make your holy mama tincture? All around holy basil, yeah. And just Rama as the name. But I also used to know this chef named Rama, so it's kind of a salute to him, too. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. We used to say that he, well, he would come around and taste the taste our, you know, curry that he trained us how to, so-called trained us how to make, you know. So we'd put all these spices in there, and he'd come around and put his little pinky in there and taste it. And then he'd kind of, like, distract you and throw a couple little something-somethings in there that you don't know. You'll never know. And our other chef said his the spices just dripped off of his finger into 
And that was the specialness, is the Rama's touch, you know. <laughs> so anyway, but um, the the uh, basil, the holy basil, is um, opens like the heart chakra, and that's kind of like a when you're under stress, your heart kind of closes up a little bit or palpitates or anything like that, and so it's kind of to help that calm that a little bit but um, then there's all these different kinds so and then after a couple of years they reclassified a bunch of them so now I think Rama actually is the only one that didn't change but like there's Rama there's Krishna and there's Vana um, there's Amrita, and I guess there's uh, there's one I don't see on here. Kamp, I think it's called Kapoor, which is the one that um, the folks down in uh, Oregon that I get uh, Oshala Farms. I get some herbs from them sometimes, and they have that um, variety, and it's very licorice-y. Mm. So um, I do remember one time getting a catalog from Rich Ocek, and he had tested all his varieties and he had the, the ratings of how much of this constituent and that constituent. Mm -hmm. This is from Strictly Medicinals. Yes. Well, at that time, yeah, Horizon mm -hmm. Herbs. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it is also just one of the most sacred herbs of India. So in all the Ayurvedic medicine, they, you know, I think another quote you read was that uh, Richo said, if you don't know what to prescribe Quote in quotes right <laughs> give them holy basil <laughs> right and it says that in the <clears throat> strictly medicinal seeds catalog mm -hmm. which actually is a pretty amazing resource yes just for learning about oh, herbs yeah. i i mean and look how small it is yeah i mean it's a tiny catalog it, there's only about 100 pages maybe no a little less than that yeah. 90 pages, but well, and it's, you know, it's just small. It's just packed with, you know, mm -hmm. all of these wonderful, wonderful medicinal herbs and, and culinary too, of course. And yep, and trees and all kinds of things. Yeah. All kinds and now of different he's plants. Really, but. really expanded into the food too. So you can right. get one stop shopping over here. <laughs> and I highly recommend buying seeds from. Strictly medicinal. These folks really do it right. Um, yeah, and that's basically our region, you know. Yeah, they're, they're Oregon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Siskiyous. So anyway, that and they do isolate their plants, so they have, you know, they do have the true seeds. So that means, you know, basils can cross-pollinate and become just whatever, you know. So, which is cool if you're not trying to, you know, sell a specific variety, but, mm -hmm. you know, these guys, they keep their um, fields separate and they ha probably hand pollinate, but they pollinate, you know, only the Krishna with the Krishna and only the, you know, the others, because they're not necessarily just cloning plants and selling the clones and things like that, although they might be doing that. They're, they're you know trying to save true seeds of these varieties because that's their mission also is to save mm -hmm. you know specific varieties and keep them you know mm -hmm. pure
So we are paraphrasing. That's a lot on the uh, holy basil, but well, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah, we were paraphrasing, but I'll read right out of it. It says, if you mm -hmm. want to be an herbalist and you're afraid you might tell somebody to take the wrong thing, recommend Tulsi. You'll mm -hmm. never be wrong. <laughs> We've studied the variation of Tulsi types for several decades and with this catalog are delighted to be able to supply the main uh, ecotypes all at one time in one place. <laughs> so cool, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, they take it seriously. <laughs> they, they test every, you know. I mean. These are the scientists. These guys. Scientist farmers. Have studied this plant for decades. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's move on, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Although, can we take a sip of Tulsi? Yeah, here, cheers. And I'm, for the first time, <laughs> trying to... I hope that wasn't too Overwinter... Uh, some basil plants, and so far I've had pretty mm -hmm. okay luck. So we'll we'll see. I'm gonna try. Oh, they look all right. Yeah. Once we stick them outside, they'll be a great. Scraggly right now. Yeah, but it's only January. <laughs> so cheers. January. It's the warmest uh, January on record here in Washington State. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and <laughs> to our next plant, one of my very favorites. Um, multi multi use favorite. We've talked a, a lot about mm -hmm. calendula mm -hmm. um, on other uh, podcast episodes, mm -hmm. but I do want to mention that this is another really good um, plant for depression. Um, uh, tea would be a really good way to mm -hmm. to um, use the calendula flower and. I'll pass to you. All right. Well, I'm going to preface with um, if you are allergic to the daisy family in general, the pollen from this plant, or eating or drinking this plant may irritate you. Mm -hmm. um, but you could just look at it. Even if you had a little mask on, <laughs> you could stand it up. A field and just be pleased. It's so pretty. You know? It's true. I never thought of really? just looking at the plant and and having your headspace be uplifted by the absolute beauty, the image of the sun reflected in a tiny golden flower that is just. Mm -hmm. and smells smell. beautiful and mm -hmm. is just I love this plant so much I mean <laughs> it's so great for so many things I mean this would be my one of my desert not only my desert island probably be my top three um, herbs to have with me at all times yeah for sure for sure <laughs> definitely yeah but this is really so, good for heavy mm -hmm. depression, and it says it right here in, I will quote, uh, Matthew Woods, The Earthwise Herbal, mm. um, Complete Guide to Old World Medicinal Plants. And, I mean, he, he talks about it right here. Mind senses, nerves, emotions, personality, and it lists heavy depression. Wow. Um, 
especially yellow look about the eyes, tired eyes, mm. bone weary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So anyway, That's this interesting. is... Huh. Well, because it also, um, you know, draws out bad thing uh like in this book here in 1477 this dude macer's herbal claims herb the herb improves eyesight draws out wicked humors really which is like you know like i could imagine like if you had like um seeping wounds you know like or gangrenous kind of stuff back in then those days oof, you know mm-hmm. Um, so it pulls out the toxins. It can pull out a splinter. Right. Um, and so I could see that being, um, pulling out like infection and maybe depression comes from not getting enough oxygen to your whole body, you know, and being kind of toxic, you know, in some way. Because if you have the yellowing eyes and all that kind of implies sort of deep, almost infection or... At least kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe of your liver and your kidney kind of. Mm-hmm. But that's just me speculating here. But, yeah, I mean, you can eat it just in your um, oh, yeah. salad. Sure. In fact, one of, uh, an acquaintance of ours on the farm uh, was one of the first people who started the Little Baby Greens business Mm -hmm. and originally they had the calendulas in there with it so they would have the flowers of the violets and the calendulas so um both of those are really really good for adding you know all that adding these different kinds of bitters to your diet and then this antioxidant in there it's good for gum disease Mm. stomach irritation real soothing um Upset stomach, nausea, vomiting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you could do, yeah, you could do Wounds. That. I mean, you could pack that into a wound, and I think it would probably be okay. 1860s, Kalenji used by field doctors during the American Civil War to staunch bleeding. There, there you, you go. go. History. <laughs> by the way, I am <laughs> quoting here out of, this is awesome. National Geographic Guide to Medicinal Herbs, the world's most effective healing plants. Mm-hmm. A lot of people here. Oh, so Rebecca Johnson and Stephen Foster, mm-hmm. Tierona Lodog, and David Kiefer, and the photography, Stephen Foster, which mm-hmm. is really nice, and I, Andrew Weil, is that... Mm-hmm. I'm still um, quoting from the, uh, Matthew forward. Wood. Yeah, and then Matthew Wood. So. And then, yeah. um, and then, should we talk about our last one? Sure. This is our third and final herb for today. This is lavender, one that most people are familiar with. Oh, wait, can I go back on one thing? I know I said I wasn't going to interrupt you. Sure. <laughs> the calendula, because I sent them calendula seeds. And A, it's very empowering to grow your own and nourish something, and especially something that grows really easily, mm-hmm. I think is very good for someone if we're talking about light, moderate depression. Yeah. Um, you know. Or heavy depression. Heavy depression, he says, ingesting, but I'm just talking about 
when you are nourishing something, it makes you feel good when it's when you see the thing that you put in the ground growing, right? So a handful of seeds in your front yard mm -hmm. is going to be like, wow, I can do something. I did that, you know. We did that. I'm, I'm here to watch this thing grow. And this plant grows in most places or in good, in good locations in the garden, um, depending. Um, every, uh, every month, the calendar year, that's kind of how it got its name, calendula calendar mm -hmm. herb so it was one of those things where you could mark your calendar maybe by maybe it doesn't grow in January and February but it's growing outside in our yard just fine <laughs> <laughs> as long as it doesn't get too rain it will just keep producing it's true yeah so anyway okay now on to beautiful beautiful herb to uh, lavender so um, lavender, of course, grows very well here in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And um, still quoting from <clears throat> Matthew Wood's book here, um, very good for depression and anxiety, especially connected with um, irritable bowel. Um, mm -hmm. It's good for dizziness, uh, fainting, severe headache, migraines. Mm -hmm. um, he says a drop of oil on the temple. Um, oh, yeah. so this is one that, um, I think a lot of, like I said, a lot of people are familiar with already. Mm -hmm. And so this would be, you know, a good herb that is kind of a, um, a starter kind of Definitely. herb, you know, if you want to start with, you know, you can have lavender tea mm -hmm. or, um, just a little spritzer. Yeah. I mean, to me, um, if I, I don't really have one going right now, but I usually do have, like, you know, I'll find a lavender from some farmer who made it, and it's just, like, that one that smells so good to me right then. Um, you know, one time I had this, this one that was grown in Twisp, and I went to and watched the farmer grow, you know, I mean, uh, make the the essential oil right there on the farm. So I bought some of his and it was just like the most amazing smell because it just was of that day for me, you know? And then other times I just find another one that's just like this other smell that's just like, oh, this is so cool, you know? So every, there, there are so many varieties, so many amazing smells to complex smells that go along with really all the different herbs but you know you could still have the same herb uh, grown in three you know just clone of the same one grown by the same person cloned given to three different farms all over the state or all over the country or the world and it would smell so different when you came and got the essential oil you know I could say that of the of Anything, you know, actually, the back to the Tulsi was um, at one of the herb conferences. There was a woman who did a, a whole study from growing it. She had five different kinds, grew them, tested them. This was like her master's or PhD in Tulsi. How amazing! <laughs> what an no stress, right. no stress PhD. No, but seriously. <laughs>
Um, and one lady on Bashan that I used to be able to go pick from, she's since sold her farm, but she had white lavender, she had yellow lavender, she had one that smelled like vinegar, she had one that smelled like peppery, you know, and then she was like, oh, this is the culinary, and this is the perfume, and this is the soap, and, the, you know, and you're like, wow, you know, they're just so specific and then like the essential oil ones um, are not always selected for their flavor as much as for their volume of oil they can get mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when you're doing something on a small scale you could maybe collect the variety that you like you know as opposed to having to settle for whatever somebody else is selling because they have a good deal on it or something mm -hmm. but Anyway, so that's why whenever I meet someone who's made their own essential oils, I try to buy one, something. So it's so, it's so cool. It's so intense, you know, to, the whole process. You've got your whole field out there, and you, in this case, he had it scheduled, so he had to at least leave a little bit for us to do that day, you know. But we went out there. He had his bricks meter, which measures the amount of sugar in the in the plant so it has to be a hot you know for him it had to be the hot day the dry day where there was no less water and more oils in the plant when you harvest it where oh the guy in twisp where I had bought my original i see um it was a, through a wsu um farm tour so you find all kinds of interesting things to go to on those tours. But yeah, so find a find a farmer who's making their own essential oil and yeah. support that. Or, yeah. But yeah, you just put a little on uh, your temples, and it's very relaxing. I would carry it traveling if I'm, if I'm in, on the airplane. Who's going to complain that this air smells a little cleaner <laughs> after everybody opens their peanuts? <laughs> just, oh yeah, I feel better. Just whoo, yeah, clean the air. Wave a little hanky with that stuff around. Nobody's like complaining. So that's my advice. Yeah. Reclaim the airways with the lavender. <laughs> <laughs> calendula too, actually, the essential oil. Calendula oh, so nice. And that would be a really nice like air freshener for your car. You know, when you get in, just de-stress before you even start the car. You spritz the place. And just take your little tincture of basil and then get going. <laughs> Nothing can stress you out. You're a super mom. <laughs> well, I think we about covered. Cool. Well, thank you so much, folks, for listening. If you made it to the end of this podcast, you are super duper awesome. Cheers. And be sure to visit us uh, on our website at sistersageherbs.com. There's a lot more podcasts very similar to this one on other herbs and all of the herbs that we just covered <laughs> yep. in other episodes, too. Um, but we just love talking about herbs and ethnobotany, and thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Cheers. Have a beautiful day. Mm -hmm.